0: Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour brought to you by the Digital Learning Department. We're coming to you today from a conference room in Central Office bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. I am your host, Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy. You can find me out on all the socials at Bearded Tech Ed, my website, beardedtechedguy.com, and of course, the digital learning page on my SPS. I'm excited to kick back into our Power Up Your Classroom series that we are doing. That was a great interview with Melissa Zeitz last week, and I hope to have more coming up very soon. But before we jump into the next level of the book, just go over a few news announcements and updates. First thing I want to mention is that the 23 Tools is continuing strong through the rest of this school year. Make sure you check out on the digital learning page or in the show notes a link to the challenge that we have created. I hope that you are getting a lot out of it. I know I did when I went through it all. Plus, it's always good to be spotlighted and win prizes. And I've got a whole host of drawers full of things to send teachers who are completing challenges. And the nice thing is, too, is that you can include this information in your seeds, which I know many of you are in the throes of putting content inside of. Some other news and announcements from the district on the My SPS page, make sure that you check it out. There are discounted Thunderbird tickets, they haven't gone by yet. Although whenever you happen to listen to this podcast that may have gone by at that point. Also, hopefully you saw uh, Superintendent Warwick announced his retirement after a 48-year career here in the district. One of my goals is to try to get him on the podcast myself so that he can kind of talk about his journey. Through school, I imagine a lot of people are trying to get his attention now. And being superintendent, he has kind of got a lot of different things going on. So I'm going to reach out to him and see if I can get him on here so you can hear directly from him. Also, make sure you're getting your conflict of interest trainings done. Uh, There is Promise Fellows if you're interested in furthering your career here in Springfield. There's a lot of great opportunities. Promise Fellows is one of them to help you progress in your career. On to the blog side of things hopefully you've had a chance to look at and check out the latest blog post all about the Wakelet portfolio. This first one is more of an overview about what it can do. The next post will be more of the practical how-to when it comes to the portfolio tool within Wakelet. I love Wakelet. I'm a Wakelet ambassador. I'm going to leave that in there for you so that you know. It is an amazing tool and I use it even in my own personal life. And no matter what, I think it's a great tool for your students because you can create and work with them using it. And then when they leave, they can just change the email and now they have their own Wakelet portfolio that goes with them wherever they go. Pretty soon they're working on a LinkedIn connection, so it'll even be able to be added to LinkedIn. Wicked cool tool. Come to the blog, get the overview, and then... The following post will be all on the how-to to use it, which I'm excited to share with you. So those are all the announcements that I have. If you know of anyone who'd be a great interview here in Springfield, I'd love to talk with them. Hopefully, you gain a lot out of these episodes, in particular on these Power Up Your Learning episodes. There is so much great stuff in this book, and I know I'm only touching the surface of it. If you've not ordered the book yet, check out the show notes. There will be a link there that will get you a copy of this book you can go ahead and purchase it there if you want to follow along so we're going to go ahead and get started with that now all right so we're jumping into level three of power up your learning on your mark Structure, Design, and Purpose So throughout this level, the authors explain how game-based learning requires a clear structure, design, and purpose for it to be effective and engaging. Just think about any time you've played a video game or a board game where you have no idea what's going on and you're still trying to work through it. You definitely check out in those. I know I would. And so that's why these things, clear structure, design, and purpose, are important for being effective. They also provide us a framework for designing our game-based learning experiences to align with whatever learning goals, standards, and outcomes that we have for our class at that time. And that's why game-based learning can be really effective in any subject, because it's not subject-specific. I might give examples of specific subjects because I've worked some ideas out myself, but for the most part... If you understand the structure of all this and how to do the planning, you can turn any subject into a game-based learning opportunity. Throughout this level, they also share some examples and models, and we're going to dive into one of those particular models, which is a really cool activity called Breakout EDU. If you've never heard of it, check out the show notes. There's links directly to it. But when we get there, you'll definitely be excited. Some of these models that they talk about throughout this level include board games, digital games, escape rooms, and scavenger hunts. For this episode, let's dive into the main idea that the authors are trying to get across by asking the question, what goes into designing meaningful and impactful instructional games? Goal of this level is being able to say these things, and they sound a little bit like I can statements. One of them, as I kind of laid them out after kind of reading through and summarizing here, was I can clarify the role that tech plays in game design and player motivation. I can can identify elements of the Power Up Classroom game-based learning design framework. I'll consider the impact of content delivery and assessment on game design by looking at one tool in particular. And I will understand players' intrinsic and extrinsic motivators. When it comes to figuring out what motivates students, that can be a difficult task. And as a teacher, being able to track what works for students is doubly difficult. I remember in school a long time ago, we would both study extrinsic and intrinsic motivations and how they can be applied in our classrooms. I don't remember exactly which course it was that I took. It might have been a psychology of education type course. But we kind of talked about those. And I know for me, I would always get them confused. And you might even be the same way. So this is the way that I kind of remember the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivations. So, extrinsic is the external, see, X, X, motivations. And those are things like grades, praise, badges, points. And once you're outside of school, those extrinsic motivations are things like money and fame. Intrinsic motivators are more inwards. So, in, in, intrinsic, inside. So, things like intrinsic motivators are like curiosity, being excited to learn, having a hunger for it, having and trying to gain self-worth and joy and even your intellectual growth. So extrinsic is outwards, intrinsic is inwards. Both are very useful in the classroom. But as a teacher, I always wanted my extrinsic to lead to more intrinsic so that when the students left my care, that they would have the ability to lean into the intrinsic for the rest of their life. It's kind of a lofty goal. I know. I know. So when we're thinking about extrinsic and intrinsic motivations, we have to spend time kind of building that classroom and building those experiences. Creating moments of learning that engage and entice learners to dive into the content is the ultimate goal of any innovative educator. But what's the secret to motivating your learners? Motivation is tricky to control, so it's important to purposefully build opportunities for players to own and drive their learning. That's from page 36 in the book, and I think that really speaks to the idea of extrinsic and intrinsic motivations. And so what's really cool is they have a design on page 37, of what a framework looks like. And so the objective, that's the instructional focus, the standards, the hard skills, that's the students will master throughout the game. The design is the settings, the tools, and the actions the players will take through the game. The challenge, that's their why. Assessment, how are you going to understand that they have mastered the content that you're teaching? And then what next steps do you have? What kind of um, extensions of the classroom are you going to do with your students? I know for some of us, our extrinsic motivations, especially as we get older, is money to provide for the things that we need. Some people, it's they don't want to get in trouble. They want to stay out of it. And so that's for some, that's motivating enough. But there's also others who that's not as motivating. And ultimately, and I like that the book points this out too, is that motivation is very personal and it can be difficult to track externally. And that's where we go back to that extrinsic and intrinsic motivations. Because hopefully, if we are creating intrinsic motivators within our students, they're going to be motivated to learn for life. And that's what we want. We believe in lifelong learning. So the next part in the book kind of dives into this idea of how does technology play a part in this whole process. And to explain that, they actually introduce us to Game Master James Sanders, who's the founder of Breakout EDU. Have you ever heard of Breakout EDU? I've had the ability to go to many conferences, and I've been introduced to this awesome classroom tool. Breakout EDU is a sizable portion of this chapter which means we'll dive deep into what it is and how it works. Breakout EDU, as a mouthful to say over and over again, I just realized as I am talking, but it's an educational concept that combines elements of escape rooms with learning objectives to create immersive and engaging educational experiences for students. The breakouts usually include some sort of physical box, a breakout box, if you will, which contains clues, puzzles, and locks that the students need to solve to unlocking the box. The experience can be customized to suit various grade levels, subjects, and learning objectives. If you go out to their website, which I'm linking in the show notes, there's a whole host of how to do breakout EDU with a variety of subjects and grade levels. So even kindergartners could do breakout rooms. Can you imagine the chaos in that kind of a room? I I never taught kindergarten, but I would imagine that it would be full of chaos but it'd be good controlled chaos that the students would be learning from. So there is that too. Breakout EDU experiences are some of the most incredible things that I've ever seen come into a classroom in the last 10 years. And their website can help teachers create their own breakout kits, or you can even just buy a straight up made kit. So teachers can create their own breakout kits or use pre-made kits available through Breakout EDU's platform, which covers a wide range of topics and themes. Additionally, There is a digital version called Breakout EDU Digital, which allows for virtual breakouts and experiences that can be played online. One of the really cool things with Breakout EDU is that there's no negative reaction when the students get it wrong. Think about this. When we play a game and something goes wrong, there's usually some sort of negative reaction. Or when a student gets a question wrong in class, not even in a game, if there's some sort of negative reaction, it kind of turtles the student some. And so with Breakout EDU, if you get it wrong, you it's not a big showy thing. Like the lock just doesn't turn. It's amazing how students react when there is no one saying they are wrong and it helps them persevere throughout the problem solving process. So hopefully you're excited about Breakout EDU. Now I'm going to break down kind of like how they typically work. Um, you can include as much of this or as little as you want, but there are five main things to break out edu first is the setup and that's usually you need some sort of scenario think of like an escape room and what you're trying to accomplish in that room usually there's some sort of setup there's some sort of story that gives the context for the activity and it could be related to whatever subject area historical event scientific concept or anything else that you can possibly think of for your classroom next you need clues and puzzles Students are presented with a series of puzzles, riddles, or challenges that they must solve. Each step leads to the next part and they're usually connected to the story that is set up at the beginning. The puzzles are usually designed to both be intellectually stimulating and relevant to the learning objectives of your classroom. You're not gonna have them solve a cipher code without that cipher code having some sort of purpose. The next part is with these type of activities, They're not a you-do-it-by-yourself type thing. There's a lot of emphasis on collaboration. That's the third point that we're going to touch on here. And that collaboration helps improve the critical thinking, communication, and problem-solving skills. Students must work together as a team. And every student has a unique set of skills and knowledge which will help decipher the clues and solve the puzzles. The next two I think are probably equally important and should not be skipped over, and that is time limit. Like escape rooms, there's often a time limit within which the students must complete the activity. Without this, the students will lack a sense of urgency and the excitement to the experience, and quite frankly, it could drag on a whole lot longer than you have planned. And then the last part is reflection. So once the activity is completed, there needs to be some sort of debriefing session where students can reflect on what they learn how they collaborated, and what strategies were effective in breaking out of the challenge. Get it? Break out. Let's reflect on how you broke out. Yeah. A few other little nuggets from this section of the book and this level. A couple of other points the authors make is that music and sound can make a difference when it comes to creating an environment for gamification to happen and game-based learning to happen. If I were to say startup, I don't know, Mario or Sonic or Pokemon or Star Wars, and you hear that music or the that's the Netflix one, if you were not familiar, your students would be able to instantly engage because they know those sounds and that music and where it comes from. So that's how sound and music can really help set up the environment for you. And then the last little nugget i'm gonna i pulled out of this section is when it comes to the overall design of the space you really need to make sure that you have clear norms that the students have internalized when you start instru- i remember when i started teaching there was this very popular book i don't know if it's still handed out today but it was called the first six weeks of school it was a thick book about a couple hundred pages about how it's important to kind of set up your rules and your norms and how to create that collaborative classroom environment or at least that's how I remember it, and how it's important to practice those expectations. I know that in fifth grade, one of the things I had to do was practice how do we walk in the hall? What does it look like for Mr. Thomas's class to walk in the hall? And practice, and practice. And once we got it right, we would still practice because it's important to kind of build up those norms and have the students internalize it to know that hey you know what i'm not supposed to be jumping around the hallway that's not what we do in mr thomas's class so it helps them practice what their expectations are and then later on it can get turned into a game oh one other point i wanted to make sure i point out with the breakout edu is you don't necessarily need technology to do it On the website in particular, they have a number of different ways that you can use physical things and just physical things. Or you can use technology, or you can use both and have it combined. Because ultimately, you're trying to get the students to use whatever tools they need for that problem. And like always, I always want to make sure that I end on the ISTE standard that they have in the book. Because the book does point back to standards for each of these levels that we're talking about here. So with level three, it aligns to standard five of the ISTE standards for educators. That's a designer standard. Educators design authentic, learner-driven activities and environments that recognize and accommodate learner veritability. And then there's three indicators. There's 5A, 5B, and 5C. Each focuses on essentially how you design your learning experience. So like 5A is use technology to create, adapt, and personalize learning experiences that foster independent learning and accommodate learner differences and needs. 5B is design authentic learning activities that align with content area standards and use digital tools and resources to maximum active deep learning. And 5C is... Explore and apply instructional design principles to create innovative digital learning environments that engage and support learning. That is level three of Power Up Your Classroom. There's a lot of great things in here. I really think the biggest value out of this section is really the reminder of the extrinsic and intrinsic motivators and also the deeper dive into Breakout EDU. Like I said, I'm going to include links to everything. That I can from this section of the book and from Breakout EDU. If you've ever had any experience with Breakout EDU, let us know in the comments below. I'd love to hear from you and hear how it went. I know that a lot of this stuff can be challenging, especially when you start getting into something like Breakout EDU, where you're trying to create an authentic learning experience that is similar to like a choose-your-own-adventure type situation. Wow, that was a lot today with Power Up Your Classroom, Reimagine Learning Through Gameplay by Lindsay Blass and Kate Tolney. If you still haven't gotten the book yet and I haven't convinced you, I'm still working on convincing you. So hopefully you have at this point if you've been following along. If not, there's a link in our show notes that you can go ahead and purchase the book. I highly encourage you to do it. Mine is all highlighted yellow and I think that I will be holding on to it because I especially got it signed by them when I went to ISTE last time. So get the book. It'll help you with being able to apply this type of learning in your classroom. The other thing that we're going to wrap up with today is i am so very thankful that you're taking time to listen to this series on power up your classroom and the idea of game-based learning and gamification i know it can be challenging i know it can be overwhelming to think about but i highly encourage you to dive into what we're talking about your students will love it and i think in some ways it will help you be the teacher that you're trying to be and be engaging with your students in ways that will grow deeper and that they will remember for years to come. We all have those learning experiences that we remember from our young ages of elementary, middle, and high school and the things that stick with us. And I truly believe that game-based learning and gamification can be that for your students. If you liked this episode, please leave us a little rating and review. That's how people find out about the podcast. That's how it grows. And I encourage you to do that. Make sure if you are subscribing to us that you share it with another teacher, another person who might be interested in this episode. I can't wait to dive into level four with you uh, next time. Level four is students as game masters, which let me tell you is awesome. So we'll dive into that. I am your host, Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy, and this is the SPS Digital Learning Hour.